Foodies Rock with Leslie Chesterman on Show 97.7. An expert's guide for what to put in your mouth and where to do it. 12 minutes after 7 on a Wednesday morning, as always this hour, we talk to Leslie Chesterman. Hi, Leslie. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. We got some interesting news last night in the restaurant world, so I thought we could talk about that this morning. Okay. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. Yesterday, the news came out that uh, the Montreal Casino's restaurant called L'Atelier Joël Robichon would be closing. And in fact, it hadn't been uh, open during the pandemic, which of course is normal, because I don't believe the casino has been open during the pandemic. Um, and uh, this was kind of big news for somebody like me because I was one of the people who was really talking out against this project from the beginning in 2017. I was going to say, did you celebrate? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because somebody said, how can you celebrate people losing their jobs? And it's not at all about uh, people losing their jobs. And I think qualified chefs post-pandemic, uh, even now, will find work. I think that's not going to be a problem. It was more that this restaurant, just to give people a bit of background, uh, they opened in 2017, and uh, the casino decided to go to a very famous French chef, uh, Joël Robuchon, who since passed away, who kind of had a specialty in opening up his atelier restaurants in casinos around the world. And they went to him, and the reason that people like me uh, flipped their lids a little bit is that, you know, Montreal is considered such a gastronomic capital. Why do we want to have, why do we have to go back to France uh, for our chef? You know, so there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of talking in the media at the time. But of course, the restaurant kept going. And the worst thing about it was there was really no transparency about the millions of dollars that were invested in this project. Even if we don't know the number, we know it was very high. Right. Um, did did so you ever get to go, Leslie? I, I made it. Um, I made it my uh, mantra. I was. I absolutely decided that I would never set foot in the restaurant <laughs> in solidarity with local chefs because. Right. Um, it was providing competition, unfair competition to local chefs, um, even the salaries that they were giving their staff. I mean, this is a restaurant where one chef was, you know, on mashed potatoes all the time, you know. Um, so I think there was even one person in charge of, you know, choosing cleaning plates, you know. So there was wow. a lot of money invested in this project. Right. Zero transparency. The government, you know, the, the, the PQ government actually got involved asking for some numbers towards the liberal government at the time and everybody was very closed-mouthed about it and it kept going on and actually the last i heard is that they were going to spend a lot more money changing the entrance way to the restaurant a lot of money um so i think the story about this that's kind of interesting is that it was really was more of an illusion this restaurant than a restaurant because it was really held up by funds that no regular restaurant would ever have. And when we see during the pandemic so many restaurants having to deal with landlords and no business, and so the reality of a restaurant was so far away from this restaurant. Um, so so it, it, I don't want to say it's good news because, we, you know, there was so much waste involved in this, but it actually shows a lot about what's going to happen to restaurants post-pandemic. Well, I, I'm, I'm anxious to hear your, <clears throat> pardon me, your thoughts on that because, I was, uh, you know, now that I'm I'm out in the western tip of the island, um, I don't get into town as often as I did when I lived in uh, Griffin Hell, and uh. now that now that the, um, you know, I, I don't know, Leslie, I, I was talking about this with Esteban this morning, driving through, you know, I went up and over the mountain and along Mount Royal and down Saint Laurent, and uh, I was on Saint Hubert, I was on Beauvais, I was, you know, I was driving around that whole Rosemont. 
Petit Patrie area of the city. And uh, boy, I tell you, it looks rough in a lot of places. Yeah. There's so many. You know, I, I said to Esteban, Montreal looks so tired and so, yeah. and I know it's the pandemic. I get it. Right. But I, I was I was a little dejected when I got home yesterday. I thought, how do, how's the city going to get back up on its feet? Well, the restaurant business is going to be crucial in that because one of the big draws for tourists, which we will need to come back to Montreal eventually, is our restaurant scene. And I think it's always been underestimated. Oh, damn it. Sir, damn. Um, and we were worried about that because Esteban said to me, Leslie's on the phone. And I said, well, that's okay. And he said, yeah, but she's on her cell phone and it doesn't sound like a great connection. So there, there uh, oh, it was our line. Oh, okay. Okay. That's uh, stupendous. Um, are we able to get her back, Esteban? Okay. We're going to get her back because um, she was making some great points. Uh, we've talked about this over and over and over again since uh, uh, 14 months ago. Um, and uh, it's not just that... Uh, uh, restaurants are the 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 lifeblood of the city, but they kind of are. Leslie, you're back. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I think the government just cut me off. No, I'm totally, <laughs> cut, I'm totally yeah. kidding. Just what I'm saying, like the government's going to have to get behind the restaurant scene. Yes. Click. Um, yeah, no, but I think that's absolutely true because, and you see that in in cities where they understand that, like New York City, they and you know the Americans have really put in a big package to help restaurants, and this is going to have to happen here too. You know, if I think about yeah. the the, the millions of dollars that they can, I mean, it's, it's very important with the casino to, to make it clear that this isn't next there, this isn't taxpayer money that was put into this restaurant. This was Lotto Quebec and casino money, but this is still public funds. Our casino is, uh, is a, you know, is a government, uh, is a government company. But, um, I, I just, you, you're absolutely right. When you, when you look around what's going on, Part of what makes Montreal Montreal is our restaurant scene, and I, we've said this before, but this is really crucial, is that, you know, this ain't over yet. No. And uh, when it is over, and the, there is going to have to be real support for our restaurants, but restaurants also, you've got to think about how a restaurant works. I remember the really great chef in Montreal by the name of Mark Cohen, who is the chef owner of a restaurant called Laurent on Saint Laurent. They are a restaurant that, since day one of the pandemic, clamped down and changed their whole format and this idea of reinventing themselves, but they really did. And he said something that struck with me. He said, this has proven how important uh, a restaurant has to be a local business, really yes. serve the local people. Yes. And I think a lot of the restaurants that have suffered are the restaurants that are outside of neighborhoods, you know, so... This is like the, that's why a place like the casino restaurant really is just there to serve the casino people. But a restaurant has to be more than that now. Yeah. And it can't, you know, also when we come back, are we going to be wanting to spend $300 on a tasting menu? You well, it's going it, to be a big question. Yeah. And, and not all of them, you know, are big places. Yesterday I was on uh, Green Avenue and I stopped in to see Rob and the, uh, you know, the, the skeleton crew at, at Nick's. Right. You know, Nick's, Nick's is, they, they were supposed to celebrate their 100th anniversary, and I thought, I'm going to go in there for one of the greatest egg salad sandwiches in the history of the world and say hi to Rob. And, and you know, I was talking to him, and he said, you know, I, I've been at this for so long, and i got to be honest with you, he's, he's surviving with, you know, sandwiches and coffee, and people are coming and going and trying to support him. But you know he was he was really dejected about the lack of support from the government and the lack yep. the lack of attention and and the way they you know he said they don't even they don't even mention us yep. anymore you know they don't even talk about us 
And you know that that's a that's a local restaurant that's in, you know that that's literally been there for a hundred years. That yeah. that is really just kind of eking out a living. And you know he he's glad that he's he's been able to survive with the help of you know people popping in for coffee and sandwiches like I did yesterday. But boy oh boy, I mean you know I, they they should at least be telling the, them something. I said to him, you know what are they going to do for you? He said I have no idea. You know. Yeah. They, well, that- I, I I do know that last summer when it came to terraces that they were not charged and usually terraces right. cost a lot for restaurants so I'm sure for the summer there is going to be and you know there is a, there is something happening too which is you know as people are getting vaccinated hopefully they can open up and I'm not at all against this vaccine passport because yep. I do think that if that can help in any way or make people feel you know rest assured that everybody here tonight has been vaccinated I mean this is, you know, some people think of that as draconian, but there's going to have to think of something uh, to help the restaurants. I even thought, you know, I said oh, at one point on, on social media, I said maybe restaurant workers should be vaccinated soon so that they can reopen up these businesses. Because people have to understand, like, yes, hairdressers, all these other small businesses have suffered, but a lot of them are open now. Yeah. And restaurants are not. And in Toronto, I was speaking for, to a friend who said, you know, they were just open for a couple of weeks and they closed them down, which is the worst thing for a restaurant because you have to refill your fridge. You have to reinvest, get your staff back. It's going to take a long time for them to get back back to rolling. Get And how many of them after all this will say, hey, I'm dying to go back? Or some people might have found something else to do for a living. You yeah, know? Yeah. So the, the closing of this Joel Robichon restaurant, I think, is quite symbolic, too, because you know, this is the luxury. There was another story in the New York Times this week, big breaking story about a restaurant in the United States called the Willows Inn, not to be confused with the Willow Inn in Hudson. Um, but this place in the States, you know, it came out that there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of lying to customers about what ingredients they use, blah, blah, blah. So I think the what's going to happen post-pandemic is there's going to have to be a lot more transparency when it comes to restaurants. I don't think this idea of treating people badly in the kitchen anymore, underpaying staff. and So maybe we'll have less restaurants, but restaurants are going to get pretty woke, you know, because yeah. a lot of these things that were going on in restaurants were kind of gastronomy, dirty little secrets. And, you know, the dirty little secret of uh, the, the one at the, at the casino was that it was costing a lot of money and nobody knew how much, and it was really being propped up, and it was undercutting a lot of local businesses. And really, who were they serving? They were serving... A lot of local wealthy people, a lot of tourists who came here, and that kind of restaurant in the future, or immediately after this pandemic, is not really going to be useful to the public, right? So unless people want to get out and spend and party like they never did before, but I think it's going to be quite slow that people are going to want to do that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, Let's keep our uh, fingers crossed and hope we can go for a plate of fries soon together. Yes, and to a local (laughs) restaurant, and people are still doing takeout and Really, just to keep encouraging restaurants, and I know yeah. not everybody can do it, and I know it's expensive, but a lot of restaurants are doing Mother's Day menus. I've seen amazing things. I think they're starting to really master the takeout situation. So if you have a few extra bucks for Mother's Day, look at your local restaurant, see what they're selling, and support our restaurants. Thanks, Leslie. Talk to you Thanks, next Terry. Wednesday.